this podcast is brought to you by Billy Boy Candies. Billy Boy Candies, trying to get out of business for the past three years and cannot. <laughs> they just can't <laughs> give up the candy game, man. You are now in with all three. This is I Power. And uh, Allison Piva, I guess. She has I don't, a I don't have a cool name. Um, so we're the Downtown Rats. So we're in day 30-something of national quarantine. I'm in day 75 of local quarantine with my broken-ass leg. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allie's been talking to me for a while about putting together a podcast and just talking about different things so Ali, i don't know if you want to tell the listeners out there what this is going to be about yeah yeah of course um so basically if you don't know what a downtown rat is it's um basically someone that you're always going to see when you go out to bars so like you go out to your to your local (laughs) you go into your local watering hole right and you're like i'm definitely going to see this guy so new bedford we're we're pretty we're pretty we have a lot of downtown rats if anyone else listening from outside of New Bedford, it's the guy you walk into a dive bar, you're like, oh, hey, there's Randy fucking, or whatever. Fucking Jerry the sitting Jerry. in the chair. You know. When you were first introducing the people, I thought you were about to just immediately name drop somebody out of it. Like, that's oh, no, no, no. Shit. No, I don't. We won't be doing that yet. Hopefully, we'll have some downtown rats on here and they can explain to us whatever. We also wanted to tell stories that we usually tell at bars. So I'm a very, like, when I get a little tipsy you know i tell more scary stories like conspiracies murders ghosty stories who knows what else i don't know we'll see she likes to tell stories about how dumb i act when i'm drunk and um also you know eventually we'll get probably in in front of a camera so you can stream us on youtube but um you know my haircut's real crusty right now i am not camera material so we're just gonna keep this ears only for now. My whole body's crusty, so you can't. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Classic. Just kidding. Don't. So basically, you know, um, we were we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted our subject line to be and what we were gonna talk about. So basically, each of us, I'd say, you know, Ali and I are we're perfect for each other, but we also are very different from one another. So we're both very educated in different things. So. What we're basically going to do is tell each other stories about stuff that the other person doesn't know and get some genuine raw reactions out of it. Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've had like three glasses. Yes, she's kind of wavy. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is Steve Ells. And for those of you who don't know who Steve Ells is, he is Chipotle's scumbag CEO. Oh. So... (laughs) (laughs) I am surprised. I actually don't know who Steve is. Yo, shout out to No Problemo for opening up today. Oh, yeah, cannot, that also. Cannot wait to have a burrito. The better burrito. Mexican food. Yeah, No Proud shits on Chipotle any day, so any motherfucker that comes here from UMass Dartmouth and only goes to Chipotle, you're a loser. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta venture out to the 
to the downtown world. Get a bus, or you know, Will got you. Get get no props on there, man. Do something, bro. We need we need no props more accessible. Anyways, um, so Steve Els, we'll go back to Steve's early life. Uh, so first he started in culinary school in New York, and then he became a line cook at a restaurant called Stars in San Francisco. Way back in the greatest year of hip hop, I love how you said childhood and you started in college. <laughs> his man, his man, childhood. I just want to know, like, if his parents were also fucked up. Well, well, we'll find out that his dad was fucking. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, all right, all right. So, while he was working at a restaurant in San Francisco, um, he noticed that in San Fran, the popularity of taco stands and burritos in the Mission District was really popping off. So he goes, you know what? This area is oversaturated with this shit. I'm going to open up in Denver. Hmm. Wait, so he, he went to school in New York and then he went to California? Yep. Did he grow up in New York or California? Yeah. Oh, you okay. You know what? I didn't... <laughs> I'm just focused on the Chipotle aspect. Of all right, all right, all right. You know Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to... Okay. You know what? Listeners at home, you can look this shit Steve's up. He's from Planet Earth. Um... So, he was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of all these tacos and burrito stands out here. I know I could be better at this shit. Going to fucking Denver. So That's he, like the worst place you could go, but okay. Denver's not the worst place. We, we're trying to go to Denver this summer or something. No, no, no. Like, I know, gotta... but it's like, if you're going to start a business, it's like, Seattle, LA, New York, and he's like, I'm going to go to fucking Denver. Well, a lot of people had that idea before him, so he... Just, you know, wanted to start something new. But, you know, he, he uh, decided that it was very smart, um, you know, based on all the schools out in Cali and how those shits were popping off. Mexican food is, like, some of the most profitable food out there. But Colorado is not Cali. I know, but I'm saying he went to Colorado because it was already being done in Cali. So he oh. opened up his first location <clears throat> next to the University Diner, uh, University of Denver. So... Um, you know, he was like, hey, dad, let me get 85 grand real quick to open this restaurant. And his oh. dad wrote him a fucking check. Hey, dad. I want to start my own wine business. <laughs> Can I have 80 grand? Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? So obviously, you know that obviously this guy was able to start he's got his a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to start his dream up, uh, you know, well before... Um, well, let me run that back. He was able to get started, and he was fortunate enough to have a wealthy family that was able to help get his dream mm -hmm. off the ground. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this guy is definitely smart and definitely a numbers guy. I'm not going to take that away from him because he calculated that it would only take 107 burritos per day for him to be profitable. That's a lot so of fucking burritos. I know, but, you know, like I was saying before, Mexican food is very profitable. Rice, beans, pizza joints, and Mexican spots. If you want to make a lot of money and you're young and hip, that's how you do it. So, right. um, you know, he opens up next to um, the college, and everybody knows that residence hall food sucks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Roger Williams was good, but even, even if you have a good dining hall, you get sick of it after, like, the second year. You're like, yep. you can't. You can't just have that. At UMass, we used to have something called the res runs. So, oh. you know, just fill in the blank. Um, and then I had the unfortunate 
um, benefit of getting free breakfast and lunch through res hall when I managed events at UMass. So I had enough shitty college food. So nonetheless, these kids were like, hell yeah, burrito shop. He was selling over a thousand burritos per day after a month. So he's making 10 times what he had forecasted to even just break even, right? So that's going well, you know. Um, I bet he didn't pay his dad back though. Of course not. That's basically like, you know, <laughs> parents that are paying for school for their kids, you know? Yeah, but then you... Of the of their heart. Listen, if, I, if I was making if I was making good money, I'd pay my parents back. Yeah, I wouldn't expect Steve to do that, and you'll see later. All right. Um, so in 1995, he decides to open up a second location using the cash flow from the first. And then he used... A th- oh, he opened a third location with a loan a bank this time because basically he had enough credit to add up so the movement get is getting pretty organic and to open up um you know more locations this time he gets a small loan of one and a half million dollars from his father to open more a res- small loan wait so he's making 10 times his, his profit but it's still not enough to pay for more stores so he was trying to grow more rapidly so he opened up oh, the third location creepy. and then he was like you know what this shit's popping off i need to put this shit fucking everywhere that's greedy though so then he got a group of his father's wealthy friends <laughs> and uh <laughs> he created a board of directors and got an additional $1.8 million from the board of directors. So his dad and his dad's friends, his dad's golfing buddies, were all part of this director's board for Chipotle? That's the puzzle pieces that I'm putting together. All right, all right. Um, You know, because of his culinary background, uh, Stevie Boy originally wanted to open a fine dining establishment from the Chipotle profits, but decided he was just doing too well to divert from this plan. Mm-hmm. So he's continuing to grow and... In 1998, he opens up his first restaurant outside of Colorado. Where would that be? Where would you, if you were to go from Colorado somewhere else, where would you open your next location? China. <laughs> China. Definitely China. <laughs> You're gonna argue with me? <laughs> go on. Where do you go? <laughs> California. Fucking Kansas City, Missouri. No way. Yep. <laughs> And during- Hashtag Super Bowl champs oh, Woohoo You know I broke my leg on Super Bowl Sunday And I'm happy I don't remember a single play from that game Because fuck Pat Mahomes And his dumbass brother on TikTok And all you TikTokers out there Stop dancing there's nothing to celebrate Anyways. Except Shakira and J-Lo You keep doing your thing Okay I can, I can get behind that uh, <laughs> So Kansas so, you know, during- That's so dumb Kansas City Dude, what? He has all the money in the world. He goes to Kansas City. He's sticking to college towns. Is that a college town? Mizzou. Mizzou? Yeah. Missouri. It's a huge university. So he saw an opportunity over there. And he decided that during this same year, he was going to pull in another group of investors. McDonald's. Is it more of daddy's friends? McDonald's. Are they daddy's friends? I don't know, but I mean, if this guy was able to shell out $1.5 million to his son, I'm assuming that he had some connects. And during the same year, McDonald's invested in the company and became its largest investor by 2001. Well, I would fucking hope so, because McDonald's has a lot of money. So, <laughs> just just to kind of... McDonald's y- went to China. Hmm? 
Nothing. Yeah, yeah, they did. No, it's okay. <laughs> so Chipotle went from 16 restaurants in 1998 to over 500 by 2005. Are they all over the country now, or are they just in Denver? And yeah, they're all over the spot. Um, all right, all right, all right. The next spot that he moved to, like just um, after Kansas City... He went to Minnesota in March of 99 and opened up to the University of Minnesota. I mean, think about where the Chipotle is locally here. It's right next to UMass Dartmouth. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, he's in fucking Colorado. Like, go to Texas. Go to Arizona. Like, those are big Florida. Those are big college places. You think it's good for the restaurant industry, though? I would think so. Like, I don't know, when I think of Colorado, I just think, like, craft beer and, like, good food. I don't know, it just kind of strikes me as... I've never been, so I don't know how... I don't know That's how the impression be, I'm getting. But I'm like, if you're already in Colorado, go somewhere that has, like... And you're doing well. Go some... Go, go big! Right. I don't know how Very big well could. Kansas City colleges are, but, like, I assume Texas colleges are bigger. Well we, well, we went to University of Austin. That thing was huge. That was the size of... And there was no food around there. Remember we were trying to find a coffee? There was no food around there. Yeah. Well, actually, the first Whole Foods opened up in Texas, so maybe those kids just started chefing it up themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, going to Whole Foods on a college budget is like, you go in and like put a dash of salt in the bag and then you can leave. <laughs> they weigh it out. Him- That'll be nice. Himalayan salt. Son. Oh, I can get uh, two ounces of Himalayan salt. <sighs> a lot of yeah, salt going around on, on college campuses that I right got now. from Dollar General. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, shit's still popping off, right? So, 2005, they get up to over 500 restaurants. So, on January 26, 2006... Chipotle made its initial public offering, um, which is, you know, the first time that it's able to go on the stock market and be publicly traded. And so they actually increased the share price twice during the pre-offering due to the high demand. Um, Just the rapid growth of it was very enticing to even the investors. Even if you look at it today, like, I can't afford a Chipotle stock. Oh, I'm sure. I I mean, if McDonald's bought it back in the day... Yeah. That's crazy. Right? So they they got them off their feet. And then uh, in the first day as a public company, the stock doubled. So it went up another 100%, um, resulting in the best United States-based IPO in six years. Um, and then the second best IPO for a restaurant after Boston Market. And, oh, by the way, Boston Market is another company that McDonald's invested in. And the money from the offering, um, the money that was being offered uh, then was being used to fund new stores growth as well. So McDonald's actually had its hand in a lot of other kind of fast food low-key slept on giants. I wish that, you know, McDonald's, McDonald's is, I feel, sometimes is a good company, but most of the time it's just not, you know? Like when I was in high school, I feel like they gave a lot of like full-blown scholarships to kids. But, like, they also, I don't know. we got to watch the McMillions documentary, and i got to yeah. talk to you about that. I'll do that. I've seen that. That was one of the first things I watched with this broken leg. Just so everyone at home knows, um, 
the stock for Chipotle costs more than the stock for Tesla. <laughs> How much did it say? Do you remember off the top of your head? Seven seventy three for Chipotle and seven thirteen for Tesla. Damn. That's that's a lot for fast food. Right. Right. Pays to be simple though. They only got like six things on their menu. Kind of like in and out. What Chipotle? Yeah. You got you got this. No, because there's. I don't know. Anyways, well, we'll, we'll it's also going. like nine dollars for a burrito, is it not? Yeah, it's pretty reasonable, but that's not reasonable. Nine dollars for a fast food burrito. Well, actually, a lot of stuff in Chipotle is freshly prepared in house. So some of the things they take pride in is they don't have any freezers. Everything's cut there. There's very few things that are actually prepared in a factory. We'll get to that. All right, all right, all right. Um, so McDonald's is like, you know what? We've been carrying your ass for so long. In October of 06, McDonald's cashed out and ended the relationship and left Chipotle after deciding to focus on themselves. This is right around the time where everybody's freaking out because their kid was getting fat as shit. They're, <laughs> They're like, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta worry about our crunch wraps and what the fuck else. <laughs> I don't even eat fast food that option. K- Karen, you shouldn't have bought Timmy a fucking Game Boy Color. <laughs> what are those things they had at McDonald's to make you healthy, like a fucking salad with a the ton sliced of, apples with like fried chicken on it and like the Newman's organic salad dressing's got more calories than a double when, cheeseburger. Like, I remember when my younger cousins would get McDonald's and it'd have like apple slices in it. I'd be like, "What the?" F-? And it would be like plastic wrapped apple slices, like they were. Like, McDonald's has a factory. The apples are cut in the factory and packaged and then sent. Like, they don't even. They you can't even cut the apples at the store. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> they can't not. even ship a bunch of apples to McDonald's. Do you think a kid will eat an apple with a seed in it? Hell no, because then a tree will grow in his stomach. So I don't blame McDonald's for doing that. My brother. You know my brother, Ethan? When he, when he was younger, he would eat everything. Yeah. So when my mom would give him an apple to eat, the only thing that would be left is the stem. He ate the core. <laughs> he would eat. Ethan, you sick fuck. Apple. Next time we're at uh, when we're at your birthday on Sunday, I'm gonna ask him about how the core of an apple tastes. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Chipotle finally went international in 2008. They went all the way to. So when did they first open? They opened in '95. '95. Oh wait. 13 years. Pretty good. Where'd they go? China. They went to the University of Toronto, Canada. That's that's not fucking international. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Had to cross the border, you can't. Toronto is not international. Hey, it counts. You talk about wanting to move to Canada, it's international enough for you all to get the fuck out of America, right? That's very true, very true. But company-wise... You could go, like, we could go to school in Canada, yeah. and it would be the exact same. We'd still watch baseball, basketball, yeah, and hockey. Yep. And probably, does does Toronto have a football team? I don't see why not. No, but they have the Canadian Football League, the CFL. Okay, that's... Should, that's the XFL is gone, so maybe we can watch the CFL. I don't want to hear that. No, Toronto belongs to us. They should be making a football team for us. Come on. Sure. Drake... Drake, you think you think Drake's Canadian? Hell no. I actually think he is. 
He is. Yeah. But can you really like him and Justin Bieber? They're not Canadian anymore. There's all these. <laughs> they're there's Americanized all these, Canadians. There's all these famous people that are like, oh, I want to go to America, become famous. They come, they get here, become famous, and they're like, oh, I'm actually Canadian. Mm-hmm. If you think about it though, Drake is Canada because the first thing that you think of when you think of Toronto is Drake. What? Right, like the first thing I think of when I think of Toronto is I think of Drake. I know, and Drake is American. He's a fucking icon. Like, my guy, like. I know he is. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the people from Canada come here to become famous. Yeah. And then once they're famous, they're like, oh, I'm actually Canadian. So you should, like, credit Canada. It's like, mm. You know, I can actually attest to this because I watched a lot of uh, early <clears throat> interviews with Drake's uh, in-house producer, 40. And if it wasn't for the internet and them being able to we- reach out to Wayne's camp, then it wouldn't have been as easy. I'm, I'm confused. What's Wayne's camp? Lil Wayne. Like, his team of individuals. Oh. That's pretty much how he got popping off with his collaborations with Lil Wayne early. Back in the LimeWire days... So, what's, but, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Boston? Really? All right. Sweet. Why, what are you... First thing I think of when I think of Boston is I think of the Red Sox as much as I fucking hate them. That's what I just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's what we I just both, said. Yeah, so Sweet Caroline. Yeah, so we both think of Boston. Yeah, that was... So just like the fact, I just said Red yeah, Sox. Yeah. You think of LA, I think of the Lakers. I think of Kobe. I think uh, you know, you think like of Toronto. Streak. So of, it's for, you don't think of the Raptors. I think of the Raptors. You think of fungi Kawhi. I think of that stick thing. The Kawhi cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, well that was a big tangent. Sorry guys. All right, continue. All right, so he opens up in sh- shop in Toronto, and he's like, you know what? I'm getting a little too big. I need to bring in another CEO. So he brings in Monty Morin to become a co-CEO in January of 09. That guy already sounds like an idiot. Yeah. Monty was definitely (laughs) a scumbag. Am I right? Yeah, like I have a friend. His dog's name was Monty. Like. What kind of dog was it? He was a little shit. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so in a list of fast-growing restaurant chains in 09, Chipotle was ranked 8 based on increases in the United States sales over the past year. and That's trash. What are there, nine spaces? <laughs> God damn it. I don't even know where to go with that. Um, and But then in 2010, Chipotle was ranked third. So they kept moving up. Um, and then around that time, they hired a new head chef to design a new menu uh, who had the perfect chef name. Dude, I'm the fucking head chef at Chipotle. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? Alright, that's your last glass of wine. <laughs> so, this chef's you name... You walk in you tell them what to do. That's <laughs> oh my... the I'm fucking... <laughs> she said, you said, I'm the oh, head chef. I'm the head chef of Subway. <laughs> like, you fucking... Watch how much fucking cheese you put on that sandwich, sir. You wearing gloves. I fucking... So the head chef's you're name. Gonna, I guess you gotta ask someone to make that fucking cilantro lime rice. So the gentleman that was overseeing the uh, <laughs> the gentleman that was overseeing the quality control, his name was Nathan Appleman. Or uh, Appleman. The, sh- the chef? Yeah, Appleman. 
Oh. What a last name. He should have worked for what McDonald's. A chef name. I'm saying. He was a James Beard prodigy. Um, so in 2011, Chipotle was finally voted the number one fast food Mexican So what did champ. he do as head chef? Uh, not shit, because they didn't change the menu. So, oh, okay. Like, fucking terrible idea, man. <laughs> um, so then we get to the year I graduated high school, and they were voted the number one fast food Mexican chain, according to Consumer Report. Serving three quarters of a million basic-ass high school and college students per day. Is that what it said in the well, article? It was 750,000 patrons, but we know their demographics, primarily college and high school kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, so now shit's you know shit's going smooth, stocks hitting, and something in the middle doesn't go right. And at the end of 2016, um, co-CEO Monty Morin stepped down from his role effectively, um, immediately, making Steve Ells the sole CEO once Why again. Why did he leave? Why did he leave? They made him leave. He was doing some sketchy stuff. Right? Ah. I don't know. The timing, the timeline matches right. Like, it, it definitely, it makes sense why they dropped out. I'm just going to kind of give, like, an overview of, like, their overhead, and then I'll get into the stock shit, and could, we can line it up and see if it makes what sense. What do you mean their overhead? All right, let's go. Yeah, like, um, where they're making bread. Steve Ells actually announces in November of 2017 that he was stepping down with the CEO as well. The, the... Yeah, they left it up to the committee or, um, you know, the... The group, the board of directors. Okay. So, in December of 2017, Chipotle signed a 15-year lease, um, and in 2018, it will it moved 450 um, 450 corporate employees to one building in Denver. So that's where their headquarters is still located. Um, and then in February of 2018, Chipotle is like, you know what? We're just going to continue to shit on the Mexican fast food industry. They brought in Taco Bell CEO, Brian Nickel, to replace Steve Ells. So actually, it wasn't the board of directors. So does he do Taco Bell and Chipotle? I'm assuming that's a conflict of interest concern. So I think he left Taco Bell. I mean, they brought in McDonald's as a fucking... He saw the breakfast disaster I guess at Taco both, Bell and They're probably to both trying to fucking shit on Mexican food. The first time Taco Bell got rid of their french fries, he was like, you know what, I want them to stay. I'm out. <laughs> you know, a lot of industry analysts praise Nickel for joining Chipotle, seeing that, saying that it needed new blood. And the stock went up $30 as a result of the announcement. However, analysts criticized the announcement by saying the move goes against everything that the burrito chain stands for. Who the hell says new blood? It sounds so fucking creepy. You know, just like some a refreshing attitude. Like fucking crazy businessmen. They're like, it's new blood. New blood. And then... Uh, you know, Chipotle relocated its headquarters. It went from Denver to Newport Beach in Southern Cal. Um, corporate functions were handled in Denver and New York offices, and then they moved to Newport Beach to, um, or to an existing office in Columbus, Ohio. So they went from Denver and New York to California and Ohio. So fucking random. And those are all open? Or, okay. And then it impacted 400 workers some being offered relocation and retention packages. Um, and then Brian's like, you know what? I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. 
I'm gonna Which close. one's Brian? Taco Bell guy? Yeah. Okay. The new CEO. He closed 65 underperforming restaurants, so they were starting to kind of cut back and see what was going on. Oh. So, is that what happened to all the Friendlies? Friendlies is a local chain. Oh. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a New England thing. Oh, they're just all closed. Yeah, it's just sad. You know what happened? We grew up. And the next batch of kids are smoking jewels instead of going out for ice cream sundaes oh. with their friends. Smiley face pancakes. I was always a sucker for the honey barbecue chicken super melt. No, yeah, me too. I, I think that's just... That shit was so good. Yeah, um, I think you're just too healthy if you don't like that thing. So then... Um, this this shit gets kind of funny, right? There's some other restaurant expansion they better that, get funny. that Steve got into as well. Um, he became a, a judge hankering. for America's Next Great Restaurant. He also opened an Asian fast casual concept called Shop House Southeast Asian Kitchen. So then, finally, when he got really successful, he started diving more into like his culinary experience. Um, the restaurant would follow the Chipotle service format and then focus on its food with integrity and its ingredients. Integrity, quote-unquote, because they had no integrity. Chipotle's plan was to start with one store and see how the restaurants worked out before expanding the concept. Um, Wait, what? Well, I'm just basically saying... So they didn't, they didn't always have this like fresh food thing? They did, but they just didn't envision that they would get this big. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so this isn't the old CEO anymore. This is a new one. So this is just kind of like some back other expansion. This is the old CEO, Steve. So I'm going back to a little bit more of a background about Steve because he's more, he's the scumbag that we're highlighting here. Okay. He opened up a fast food chain of pizza in Denver back in 2013. Um, and they created a fast food version of delivery. And then also the company planned to open two more pizzerias in the Denver area. And eventually he was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm just only going to have the pizza spots open. He opened a burgers joint called Tasty Made. That closed. Shop house closed. Basically, um, my guy realized that, you know, pizza and Mexican food are the most profitable. That's the only thing that's worth with this model. And, um, you know, Chipotle is actually all company owned. So there's no franchises in Chipotle at all. Okay. So it's all under one umbrella. So whenever Chipotle is in the process of launching a new location, they have a field team that hires a GM and trains them at a current location so they'll be ready for the new one because everyone operates exactly the same. And the corporate office takes care of finding and funding all the new locations as oh, well. Oh, I bet they all operate the same. Yeah. If you only have five items and you do a few things um, well, you'll be the best, kind of like in and out But initially, they had no menu, which was a bold strategy. Chipotle used to walk in... And what Els wanted people to do was to look at the food instead of the menu. Do they have a menu now? Yeah, yeah, obviously. I didn't know that. You look at the board, like... Oh, I've never fucking looked at the board. Listen, when I say I'm my own head chef, <laughs> I fucking walk in and I say... I want that. Yeah, so he should have had no menu. People would just walk into his I restaurant. Know that. I know. Wait, they have a menu now? Yeah, well, it's just posted. Like, it's got prices. You have to have a menu. But he didn't want people to order based on price. He wanted I, I don't think to... you have to have a menu. Well, it's a dick move if you don't. Why? I don't know. Say I order a CBD seltzer from I a local... Only I ever looked at the menu. Say, say I order a CBD seltzer from a local establishment and they drop the bill and it's nine bucks. I would have liked okay, to well, have seen different. that on the fucking that's menu. That's different, though. Like, if you say, like... Surprise! 
How many times have you been to Chipotle? I've never looked at the menu. I can't even believe this. I've walked into Chipotle so many times, and then they're like, hey, your burrito's this much. I'm like, all right, here, take my money. Like, if I'm going to Chipotle, <laughs> I'm not going to walk in, make my entire burrito, and then be like, oh, it's that much? If they had a reputation for ripping your ass off, though, you'd look at the menu. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So anyways, you know. Does Subway have a menu? Yeah. Oh, my God. Allie. Well, you know, we don't actually go to... Have I'm my even... own head chef. Have we even been to Chipotle together? No. I know. Why Why would we go to Chipotle together? We wouldn't. We'd go to No Probs. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> um, yeah, so Chipotle, they have no freezers. They have no microwave ovens. They have no can openers. What if you got Karen coming in and she's like, uh, my burrito got cold on the way home and I need you to heat this up. Um, I would say, listen, Karen, you suck, okay? Karens always suck. Fucking Karen. That's how I felt when we got rid of the microwave at Cork. And people would be like, um, my food's cold. Because I, I ate half my food and now the rest of it's cold. Alright, well, we don't have a microwave because we have integrity here. We have integrity? You're just going to leave the podcast? I need some wine. No, I'm cutting you off. I'm gonna slap the bag tonight. <laughs> Just continue your story. This is fucking rough, guys. I've been sober for 20 days straight. I'm on a 30-day antibiotic. So when she's feeling good, I'm just still chilling, you know. It's a little rough. But I support her. I'm sipping uh, some non-alcoholic PBR. I support you. Yeah, I got your bag. Can you continue your story already? Jeez. This is a podcast, Sally. There's I'm no time limit to get on to these the things. Good part. So basically, Chipotle had something happen called norovirus that broke out. Some girl at my work said that she accidentally gave norovirus to a bunch of people at her kid's birthday party. Jesus. And I had to I had to look it up what it was. Yeah, it's different from E. coli, so basically, um, you know, the virus is very contagious. It's like food poisoning. You, like, shit a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Diarrhea, vomiting, stomach aches, nausea, the whole nine. Um, it's actually the most common cause of foodborne illnesses. 21 million cases annually. But the special part about this is it all happened in one condensed location. So 130 people got sick in Virginia eating at a Chipotle, right? And, um, you know, basically, there was also an E. coli breakout. But while the restaurant closed, Steve Ellis was like, you know what, stockholders, bear with me. We're going to get complete sanitation of all surfaces. We're going to get all this stuff under wraps. 120 people got sick from norovirus in Boston at a college campus. So was that the same time that the romaine lettuce thing happened? Is that what you're... December of 2015, Eco- Okay. Yeah. So we're going back in time a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's fucking crazy because, you know, these people got sick... <laughs> They got sick in Virginia, and then you're looking at these people that are short-selling this. So basically, there's a talk of, like, corporate sabotage. Uh-huh. So, you know, like, people, like, intentionally contaminating food. Yeah. So the theory first emerged after the 2015 E. coli outbreak had a Chipotle in 14 different states. So okay. it's like, how does, how is Chipotle getting fucked up all over the place? 
one centralized location screwing up. It's not like an isolated incident where it's like cross-contamination or something like that. And basically, the parties were shorting Chipotle stocks, meaning that they were actually gaining financially when the chain shares plummeted, orchestrating these illnesses by planting harmful bacteria in the Chipotle restaurants. So Chipotle short sellers, like, so they knew, like, hey, I'm going to put this shit in this food, and I'm going to fucking send it out all over the place, and eventually it's going to catch waves. Who did that? These short sellers of Chipotle stocks. What are short sellers? So basically people that, like, buy stock and Uh and then sell them quickly before, Uh. like, some bad news happens. But who let them do that? How did they? They never get caught. So Chipotle short sellers saw their ambitions rewarded with... $55 $55 million in less so than a day. So your fucking, like, CEO just walks in. He's like, hey, Jim, just gonna touch all the food here. Just fucking puts his bacteria on all the food. Yeah, so basically... What? Uh, yeah, so this guy, Aaron Allen, who, who's a principal at a restaurant consulting firm, Aaron Allen & Associates. Sounds like a fucking law office, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, he made a LinkedIn post that was shared by Bloomberg, and that's kind of how the wave got out that uh-huh. people were short-selling. Because basically now that they cashed out and you know Steve Ells is trying to clear put out some fires, hey, like we took care of everything, it should be all good. Let's buy back the stock again and start this shit so all did over. He... The main guy he sold before everything happened? Uh no, he got out um afterwards. So S- Steve Ells got out in November of twenty seventeen and this shit happened in July of twenty seventeen. Imagine, like, fucking selling out your own company. Yo, Aaron Allen paid great deal of attention to the stuff that was going on. He kind of brought this shit to light. It might seem far, he said, and I quote, though it might seem far-fetched, there are some facts that suggest that near-endless food safety scandals that plague Chipotle uh, belly something more sinister than just a simple misfortune. He pointed to past incidents of companies targeting bizarre plots, including one in 05 in which a woman planted a severed finger of her husband's co-worker in a cup of Wendy's chili. And she was okay, very, well, that sounds like a fucking psychopath, but... That bitch went to jail for nine years. Well, she, yeah. Yeah. No, she should go to jail for a longer time. Where's her husband at? That doesn't have a fucking finger. I would like to think they got a what is he? What is he doing? Like, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my wife cut off my finger. I don't know where she put it. And the hospital's like, um, if you could find it. Nah, you know, she she went to work with it. What? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. There's a lot of questions about the details that surrounded these outbreaks because he said that 60% of these outbreaks took place between December and May. And Chipotle's from August to December of 2015 and then most recently in July of 2017. Chipotle had four times as many norovirus outbreaks expected for a chain its size and that each incident of foodborne illness uh, sickened far more people than it commonly does. Wow. See, it would be a different thing if it was an E. coli outbreak, because Mm -hmm. then it was like, oh, well, they're using fucking lettuce at all their stores. Well, Chipotle E. coli outbreaks are not a random chance, said another article published by Natural News in late 2015. Mm -hmm. They're the result of the biotech industry unleashing bioterrorism attacks against the only fast food company that has publicly denounced GMOs. So that's the other side of the coin. (gasps) 
so Chipotle doesn't Dude, have GMOs. It's so fucked up. It is. Oh um, my god. So the article accused the biotech industry of planting E. coli in Chipotle's food in a malicious attempt to destroy both the reputation and finances of the food chain. But there was no evidence to back up those claims. But the fact that some stocks were sold that we know, that just kind of points to the fact that these shareholders got real scared. Well, I mean, that sucks. Because Chipotle conducted hundreds of uh, tests on its food and preparation services and never identified a source of the E. coli outbreak, which is very unusual. Well, now I feel bad for this mean CEO. You said he was the bad guy, but it sounds like the shareholders were the bad guys and the fucking GMO people. But listen, this is the thing. It's all private, so it's not like... This was all orchestrated by him because he had this information and basically was protecting his millionaire friend's back. If you really look at it like that, right? Because if it's all private, it's not like where there's a franchise. This is all under one roof. There's an office. He oversees the office. He oversees where the stuff's being manufactured. Right? Wouldn't you think that's kind of... Yeah. Millionaires all just like kiss each other's buttholes. So I'm going to pull up like the LinkedIn post from your boy Aaron. <laughs> My boy Aaron. So Chipotle as a whole lost a billion dollars per week in the market capitalization of the food scandal. Yep. So a billion dollars a week. It's fucking insane. Yeah, I know. I could buy like a week's worth of groceries with that. And you know, a bit... <laughs> A week's worth of groceries. You can finally shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> we just go to stop and shop and drop a two-piece now because we try to avoid market basket. Mm. But um, but basically, why would someone want to short Chipotle stock? How much could they really make? And if someone did want to short Chipotle stock, a food safety scandal of this proportion would certainly do the trick. In the uh, in the billions episode, the exact this is exactly how it goes down. With Axelrod shorting the stock by taking matters into his own hands to ensure it plummets, by getting lab samples of a virus and ensuring Juicebox customers get sick right before the company's IPO. Okay. The headlines began appearing at exactly the right time, and not only do Axelrod's enemies lose millions of dollars, but he profits from the disaster. But how do you profit from the company losing billions? Because if because if a certain amount of a company is owned by the shareholders and a certain amount is owned by a CEO, if you know that bad news is about to come out about your company mm-hmm. and you take your stocks and you sell those stocks before the bad news gets out about it. Oh, so other people bought the stocks. Well, it's just and... like, you know, he had a certain amount of shares that he got uh-huh. for dirt cheap. They were all maximized. And then he... <laughs> he got right when he started yeah, yeah. the well, freaking stock. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he sold the shares before the news came out that people were getting sick. And then he bought them back once it plummeted because he just made all that profit. So then he gets the same amount of shares just for way fucking cheaper. So... The actual potential gains from a shortage of Chipotle stock added up to $459 million as a whole between this three-year period of time. And then after the chain announced that it closed a Virginia restaurant during a neurovirus, the stock fell as much as 7.5% in intraday trading. Um, and then basically, um, the damage caused by the Chipotle food scandal 
shed $10 billion in the market capitalization. And to put that into perspective, there are only seven public restaurant companies with higher market caps than what Chipotle lost during that time. And then they just continue to have more bad publicity, a lot of lawsuits. So basically, you know, the CEO ended up getting out of the game, but he made a lot of money before that even happened. So when he sold the company, he just left? Yeah, he was out. Um, that's fucking nuts. I don't think he did anything else too crazy. Dude, that's weird. Because when I first started this, like, when I first started, um, like, contributing to the stock market or, like, investing in the stock market, I would, like, read articles of, like, the stocks that I had bought. I bought, like, very few, but I wanted to start investing because I, like, finally had a real job. And there were all these things that were like, oh, this CEO is stepping down and this one's coming back. So, like, we're estimated to make more money, blah, blah, blah. And there were so many CEOs that stepped down before coronavirus, like, came out out. And now it's like, shit. So they had to have known. Everyone knew. Yeah. Everyone knew. I mean, fucking. Oh, who's the fucking Microsoft guy? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Yeah. He left Microsoft a couple of months ago, and I was like, oh, like, I mean, he's a good guy. He contributes to a lot of charity, but he fucking knew. He totally knew. He was like, I'm out of here. He got out, so he said he could help the world, but really. I mean, I guess that's the yeah. best. I mean, he, he probably left with the most money he could have had before it plummeted, and he's probably, I don't know what charities him and his wife contribute to now, but like, damn. Yeah. What do you think, like, like millionaires just and billionaires just like they keep accumulating more and more money stuff isn't really that expensive like to them what the fuck do you think like do you think they just want to have the biggest bank accounts like it becomes basically a pissing match like you can yeah exactly like you can only have so much money like what you're gonna go out to dinner how how much can you spend on dinner really you and your wife maybe a thousand when we splurge on a dinner maybe sixty dollars Nah, nah, nah. We've been getting higher than that. All right, we go to Fathoms, right? Get a bottle of wine. Yep. Oysters. Yep. Two cohogs. We don't usually do that, though. When we splurge... I'm okay, we're splurging. Okay, okay, we're splurging, right? What did it get up to? $80? Maybe $100? It was 90 bucks. That's a fuck... Okay, okay, 90 bucks. And then plus tip. over A, hundred, a little over $100. What the fuck are millionaires spending... Like, and that's us, like, like, what do you even... Okay. But that's literally like a dollar. Like that's a dollar to them. We mm. don't make we don't make nearly that much. We make like low minimum wage the both of us together. Mhm. Not even. I just got out of college. Yeah, we get So like, me just getting out of college and spending like whatever on a meal and that it, it kind of hurts. We do it for special occasions. Kind of hurts. Yeah. But like I used to go out to eat all the time. If I would have just cooked in my early 20s, we wouldn't even be living in this apartment. We'd have a crib. Mm, I don't know about that. I didn't know how to save a fucking dollar until I met you. It's very funny because before this whole thing happened, I was like, oh, like, like my dad's always like, hey, you need to, you need to save your money. You need to save. And I, in my head, I'm like, what am I going to save my money for? When I die, I'm going to have all this money in my bank account. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how young people think. That's how I was thinking for But sure. then you freaking, like, we all get laid off and shit. And it's like, oh, shit, like, 
that's what my saving accounts for for paying my rent when everything's yeah. done you know I didn't fucking break my leg we might have had a house this year but then again if we started looking for a crib and then this pandemic pops off I wouldn't want to be putting an offer in on a house right now not at I, all I, we, we can't just so everyone knows that's listening Ian has a broken leg so he's on disability and I just got laid off from two jobs, so I'm on unemployment. So that's why we can't buy a house. <laughs> Man. It's, it's good to laugh about it because it's so, like, it's just crazy. Yeah. That it happened. But, I mean, everyone's in the same boat, so you can't, like, you can't be upset about it. You're just kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. Everyone's life gets set back a year. Kind of sucks, but, like, everyone's in the same boat. It's not like these... I mean, actually, probably millionaires and billionaires are, like, just... When you think you got the world in your fucking hands, and then it's just... That shit slips off and dips into the ocean like a submarine. And yeah. just swims off, and you can't right. catch well, it because you're, be, you're off, being a little, a little... You're being a little dramatic. Then eventually you have a grenade, and you fucking hit that submarine. All right, all right. He's talking about GTA. He's talking about GTA. playing too much Grand Theft Auto, man. <laughs> No, but really, like, if I was a billionaire, I'd, like, this is, this is what I would do if I won the lottery. Pay off my college. Pay off college for my siblings. Pay my parents back for everything they gave me. And then what? You can only have so many clothes. Clothes have... were good. You're going to yell at me no matter how much money we make that I have too much clothes. You're gonna... so. Yeah, I know. You have, you have enough clothes. I have enough clothes. Right now, I wear the same five pairs of sweatpants and five t-shirts. So, like, what are clothes really worth right now? Clothes aren't worth shit. You can only have so much clothes. You can only have so much food in your house. So much wine. Maybe you have a freaking elaborate-ass wine cellar and you have a sommelier on on deck. But, like... We'd spend it on experiences, but there's nothing to experience right now. No, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, like, yeah, and then you, you go traveling and it's like, okay... I've been, been everywhere, and I still have... By that seventh night of traveling, you're just kind of ready to go back, though. I don't know. Like, after a week, I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's time to go home. Yeah. It's time to reset. It's time to do your laundry. Yeah, so, like, how... <laughs> you motherfuckers that are backpacking for three months, when do you wash your shit, or do you just stink at the end? Well, a lot of hostels have a uh, little... You've been to laundry. hotels. They have laundry. Hotels have laundry. Do they have coin-operated laundry machines in Europe? I don't know. We had a we had a washing machine in our um, apartment one night. Hmm. It was like the tiniest fucking washing machine ever, and our whole all of our water would shut off if you used it, so hmm. no one could shower when you were doing laundry. That's right. Yeah. Oof. Well, anyways, yeah. yeah so fifty-five mil they made in a day because they knew that the people were gonna get poisoned. Yeah. So. So think about that next time you win the lottery. So I think, you know, I think we'll wrap it up there. I mean, I don't have a, oh, you know, who, uh, people at the end of uh, podcasts usually say when their shows are, but uh, we just kind of no shows to have. So, uh, you know, we're just going to do podcasts and uh, send them out and you can tell us if you like it. We'll rattle them off when we feel like it. Yeah, when we feel like it. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at iPower. That's I I I Power with three eyes. Um, you can follow the lady here at Allie Pives. 
A L L Y P A I V S. And um, and yeah. Maybe we'll make a downtown rat's IG eventually or something. But uh, yeah, we're just kind of freestyling this shit for now. I don't even know if this will make it to the real world. If it does, hell yeah. We're going to go back and listen to it and <laughs> see what we think. <laughs> and yeah. If I sound too much like a drunk idiot tomorrow, I'm going to be like, mm, nah. <laughs> and then uh, she'll have to act surprised when I tell her the story again. Maybe get a few more facts together. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I think the plan is at the end of our show, we're going to like have a local banger that we like to play. So uh, I'm not sure what that song is right now. So I'm going to go into my library. I'm going to find a song. And you guys are going to enjoy it. I will see y'all soon. One love. Peace out. I can't wait until tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. So since this recording, we decided that we're going to release everything on Wednesdays. Our Instagram is at Downtown Rats. And this song is Watch the Clock Go by Al Tree. We'll catch you next week. Peace. You are now rooted with Al Tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I walk around outside alone at night by myself in the dark. It helped me clear my mind. Just trying to find what is mine in the world. Heard the time heals the soul, so I watch the clock go. Yeah, yeah, I walk around outside alone at night. Myself in the dark, it helped me clear my mind. Just trying to find what is mine in the world. Heard the time heals the soul, so I watched the clock go. Yeah, back in the road, uh, back in the road. Yeah, gave you my heart, uh, gave you my soul. Yeah, tore it apart. Uh, artist to show. Yeah, what's inside of me? See a different side of me. Everything you wanted that is what i tried to be thought that it would all work out but i guess you lied to me might go pop a xanax cause i'm dealing with anxiety every time i get high i'll be thinking fuck sobriety new shit dropping no one cop has seen it all before promise wanna make a meal i'll buy you at the store life be getting rocky trying to find a way to shore know exactly what i want but my mind asking if i'm sure yeah second guessing got me stressing feeling hella doubt but i keep progressing you won't see me down and out yeah, i'ma be my Myself and won't just do it for the clout All we really are is kids who grow up Then we move around Yeah, all alone in this world Trying to find my way Yeah, all alone in this world But it's gonna be okay Yeah, walk around outside alone at night By myself in the dark It helped me clear my mind Just trying to find what is mine In the world, heard the time heals the soul So I watch the clock go, yeah In the dark, it helped me clear my mind. Just trying to find what is mine in the world. Heard the time, heals the soul. So I watch the clock go, yeah. Watch the clock go, watch the clock go, yeah. Watch the clock go, watch the clock go, yeah. Watch the clock go, watch the clock go, yeah. Watch the clock go, watch the clock go. Tick tack on the clock, I never stop for a second. If you want a shot, then it's up to you to get it. It takes a lot of work, no matter whatever the method. And somebody always working harder, then you don't forget it, yeah. Ayy, days off shouldn't be a thing. If you wanna be 
you think I'd give it your everything and everything you've ever done leads up to where you are in life. I've been through hell and back just trying to make it to the afterlife. Got bad advice, I took it though and learned from my mistakes. The strongest people got it bad, but they don't ever break. Won't know until you felt a lot if you got what it takes. It costs to be the boss and bosses never take a break. Cause your losses switch it up and go and try a different way. It might take a million tries, I can't deny you're going insane. Don't let the thoughts inside you break control exactly what you do. Cause it's all up to you, yeah, it's all up to you, yeah, yeah Chase your dreams in this life, why you wide awake, yeah Ay. Chase your dreams in this life, before you find no place, yeah Yeah, I walk around inside alone at night By myself in the dark, it help me clear my mind Just trying to find what is mine in the world Heard the time, heal the soul, so I watch the clock go, yeah yeah, I walk around outside alone at night By myself in the dark, it help me clear my mind Just trying to find what is mine in the world Heard the time, heals the soul, so I watch the clock go, yeah Watch the clock go, yeah, watch the clock go Watch the clock go, yeah Watch the clock go, yeah.